1: must be 21 and older and present in select states first online real money wager only ten dollar first deposit required bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com fanduel FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in kansas under an agreement with kansas star casino llc gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com rg in colorado iowa michigan new jersey ohio ny or text hope ny in new york
2: any good stories from the road pipe up i wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter i'm starting to puke it makes my stomach hurt yeah. i thought he was gonna die i'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit he's on the probiotics is georgia
3: playing the 1985 bears this weekend or what a
2: lot of todd 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 talk
3: rap
1: poison proof they're mind geeks. we will not be hunted at the university of georgia i can promise you that hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction
3: hey y'all it is game week it's peach bowl week i'm fired up i mean we've been talking about this thing for how many weeks it's just been nuts uh actually trying to prognosticate and keep ourselves entertained but now we got the real deal jake Rowe, palmer toms uh what's going on in atlanta well what have y'all learned this week
2: uh, I've learned that my initial plan of driving in and out every day is not going to work. Uh, I've learned that. Um, Where are you right now? I'm at home. I'm in uh, Jefferson, Georgia. Uh, I drove in to Atlanta about, you know, left about 5.50 this morning, picked, a, picked PT up, and uh, took, we went to the, uh, to the old uh, Weston Peachtree Plaza and did some interviews and stuff. And then I uh, got out of there about, you know, I don't know, four thirty or so. And, uh, didn't get home till about six thirty or so six forty five or so seven o'clock. I don't know when I got home. I just know that it took me about a, a two and a, two hours, 15 minutes, two and a half hours to get home. Uh, it was a good, uh, you know, three forty five on the road today. I'm not going to do that again tomorrow. The next so, so what are y'all going to do now? Uh, we're going to, there's a, there's cardboard. There's a lot of it. <laughs> and, uh, no, we're we're just gonna stay at a media hotel. We're gonna, we're gonna we're
4: gonna stay on we're gonna stay on the street with the guy that I hear drumming outside.
3: <laughs> well, does he like Georgia or Ohio State? That's really all that matters.
4: I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Is he, is he a is he a Dogs HQ man or a Letterman Row guy?
3: Yeah. Well, we got plenty of that. Um, I'm Wes Blankenship. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Y'all hit subscribe if you don't do it already. I believe we have got the comment section for subscribers only right now but that's okay just hit subscribe and you can comment and mix it up throw elbows with everybody in the comment section guys the uh, big story today of course I don't know if it's the big story but you know how the internet is and how social media is all anyone cares about is Will Muschamp and his uh, recollection of that 93 citrus bowl and seeing Kirk Herbstreet I guess he just threw a duck in the hotel banquet room before they had their game at some little team mixer and that he said that's all he needed to see to, to know that georgia had a shot to win the game
2: well, yes yeah, so, that's fun man he's fun
4: will will is fun he, he definitely is fun um you know hearing from him today was was important um, but I, I i saw a video of herb street firing back trying to defend himself a little bit um you know saying that it was one of those glossy white signature footballs that he Kind of didn't have a great grip and had to shot put it. Uh, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to hear from him uh, later in the week. You know, maybe maybe talk to his son at media days. Walk on for walk on tight end for Ohio State.
2: It's funny how it's it's funny that something like this would get uh would get brought up 29 years after the fact. Uh, Palmer was not born yet, covering an event <laughs> before the, before his uh before his conception and arrival into the earth. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's just incredible. It's just what football does for us. But uh, I thought Will Muschamp was even just as funny. I wouldn't say even funny, but just as funny when he was asked about that game and he was kind of asked about like, Hey, uh, how much different is the game now? And he was like, dude, they were, they were two back Robert Smith. And, you know, when they wanted to get exotic, they would line up in twins. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, if you're not you know familiar, it just means two wide receivers to one side of the field would uh, just really crack me up. I mean, he, he was a lot of fun today, really insightful. Um, you know, Glenn Schumann, you, you can tell how these guys, even though all these Nick Saban and Kirby smart guys, they've all kind of got their own personality and they don't all have to act like robots. And when Will Muschamp, who I believe Nick Saban is on record as saying, maybe his uh, favorite or top or, or most, uh, you know, it's, it's the assistant coach he most enjoyed coaching with, whatever, um, you know, he said that at one point, I, it may be different now, but uh, you know, Will Muschamp's definitely, you know, maybe it's the head coaching roles, whatever. He's definitely developed a lot of personality. It's the first time I've ever had a chance to talk to him since I went around uh during the preseason, but I, I found the our time with him probably the best of any interview uh session we've had all season.
4: Yeah, he, he was good. Um, you know, definitely insightful. Um, you know, talk to him about Malachi, talk to him about the development of this defense. And you're right, Jake. I mean, I think if you look at the personalities, it's really interesting how they make it work with this group. Um, you know, listening to Chris Smith, he, he talked about all the different voices that are in in his head. Uh, got Kirby, who played his position, obviously the head coach. He's got co-defensive coordinator Schumann and, and Muschamp. Muschamp, who also played his position and is a little bit more hands-on with the safeties. Schumann, who is, you know, calling the defense. And then you got Fran Brown, who's a defensive backs coach as well. Um, you know, all those personalities mesh together very well. And I think it's something that has made this, you know, we heard Kirby talk about it early in the season. This is this is one of his best staff to assemble. Um, And I, I think that's part of the reason why the, all those personalities meshing together.
3: Figure it we're, out we're, for now. Um, can you all hear me?
2: Yeah, I thought we lost you there. I thought you got, got taken out.
3: Yeah, my camera just like, it just got sniped. I don't, I don't really know what happened. It just blacked out, so I'm on backup. Um, we got a question uh, from Zane O'Brien asking if Lad is 100% back, and Jake Rowe you had a report on that earlier
2: this week. Well, first of all, shout out to Zane O'Brien. Uh, I've known Zane O'Brien since he was a very small child. Um, good dude. Uh, his dad, uh, Joey, rest in peace, used to go to Georgia games with us all the time. Um, the the man, the absolute man. I thought uh, he was wearing you know, a Florida hat in his picture there, but I no, zoomed I, in. No, no, that's not uh, – he played a little college ball, I believe, back in the day. He's got a twin brother. Maybe too. a Presbyterian uh, anyway,
3: blue hose. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Maybe. That may be what it is. But, um, you know, I, I think 100% – Back, might be pushing it a little bit. We're talking about a guy who's coming off an injury. I mean, I think, I think 90 percent, probably. Um, you know, I think he's going to have to play through a little bit of pain. Um, you know, Kirby was talking about tendinitis um, and you know some just some pain. Uh, I do think it's a tolerance issue, and I do know that uh, that if uh, you know Lab McConkey can go, he's going to go, and we expect him to go. You know, our sources are saying he's expected to play. He's going to play. Um, I, I just don't know how much. You know, I don't know – that's just tough to say because you don't know how sore he's going to be throughout the week. Um, tendonitis, I've i have never had it, I don't think, in my knee. I've had it in my elbow before. It sucks. It just kind of lingers around. It's hard to get rid of. So, I would i would be shocked if he doesn't play a dozen, two dozen snaps against, uh, against Ohio State. Uh, but I don't know if we're, again this season, going to see the same lad that maybe we saw – um, you know, there in the first half of the season, he's, he's dinged up and it's going to be probably well into the off season before he's back to hundred percent. So um,
3: the way our, our week's going to go, you guys will get to see a little bit of practice tomorrow. I know you'll have a, a quick recap of that and then we'll get to see practice again on Thursday. So the next two times that we are kind of live doing these shows, I think we'll primarily be looking at what George has done that day. So, I think tonight is a good opportunity to kind of look at this game from the schematic standpoint and look at uh, the implications of Lad McConkey not being in the game and what it will mean for Ohio State's defense. You know, presuming that AD Mitchell is back, is it as simple to say that okay, you lose Lad, you get AD? I know they they do different things on the field, obviously, but the timing of that, while it's not perfect, you want both of them at a hundred percent. Uh, but for AD Mitchell to be able to step up this week and maybe be closer to 100% than Ladd is, you know, that's, you got to take what you can get. That's pretty lucky for Georgia.
2: Yeah. I think that, you know, if, if you've got to get a limited Ladd McConkey or, or maybe, maybe, I mean, I guess if he, if there's a setback and you have to be without him, um, you would definitely love to have AD in there, you know, for sure. And, and it was something that, you know, I, I think Georgia's going to have them both um you know and and time will tell uh you know just how effective lad will be i think he you know from what i understand he looked pretty good in yesterday's practice um I, i don't know how many reps he got but he looked pretty good with what he did uh from sorry from what i've heard so haven't heard anything out of today's practice we'll get to see it a little bit tomorrow but uh it's a pain tolerance deal lad's got a you know big one of those big pain tolerance so we'll see how he can uh how he can deal with all that. But having him and AD on the field at the same time is big. And and, and another guy that I think might end up getting overlooked in this game because I did some asking around about him over the last 24 hours is Kiaris Jackson because I'm told that he was kind of dealing with some minor nicks and bruises throughout the year. Uh, You know, a couple, two or three weeks has allowed him to heal up a little bit. Don't be surprised if he makes a few plays out of the slot because I also thought there was a portion there kind of in the middle to second-half portion of the season – where he was starting to make a play here and a play there and, and kind of affect games a little more.
3: How about that Mississippi State game? He had yeah. two unbelievable catches.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
4: Well, one thing I'll add on Lad, while we're on the topic is this is a guy that hasn't really been 100% all season. I mean, Kirby has told us, you know, almost every time that he gets brought up, he says, hey, you know, this is this is a kid who doesn't practice on Monday, Tuesday, you know, is, is limited on Wednesday, Thursday, and." We've really got to hold him back, you know, put the reins on him. Um, you know, so it, how is even less practice, potentially less practice going to affect him? Uh, you know, how is the time off going to help him feel better from where he was and obviously leaving that LSU game? Um, only time will tell. I mean, we'll, 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 like you said, we'll get a better idea of all that, um, you know, over the next couple of days, getting to see a little bit of practice for the first time since – since August, September, first time since you joined us, Jake.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen practice all season, so I'm excited to get out there and do it, take a few Please restrain
3: and... yourself when you're out there, Jake. Oh, I'm good, it. man. We don't need you, Dogs you, HQ no, getting a bad deal.
2: rap for you out there yelling and hollering, I'm at practice again, damn it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the first time I've seen practice since the Orange Bowl last year when I went and looked through the fence and uh... – <laughs> Got right. chased by the fuzz. Can you rehash that for everyone
3: that, that isn't oh initiated? I did that, that out story? of
2: anger. Uh, we had It was a bait and switch on, on the part of the Orange Bowl, um, and I was very upset by it. Uh, they got us down there to the Lay Meridian, Meridian in uh, Danya Beach and got us checked into our hotels and got us ready to go watch practice because that was the only reason to go down was the two 15-minute practice viewing sessions because everything had gotten switched to Zoom because of the surge of the Omicron variant. Well, about hour, hour and a half before we were supposed to go see practice. I had already gone to Best Buy that morning to pick up a memory card for the camera so we could shoot yeah. some photos. They call it off. They say, No, no, none of you are gonna get to watch practice here at the college football playoff. And uh, I was pretty angry. So we decided we we're gonna stake enjoy out the team. Enjoy your hotel.
4: enjoy your hotel rooms.
2: Yeah
3: right, it, it, and this was and this was the Orange Bowl that did this. this it was, was the a, Orange Bowl. This yeah. is the Orange Bowl.
2: And listen, but that, that Lady Meridian hotel was nice. The room was cool. There were raccoons out by the pool at night. It was pretty crazy. I mean, I, who knows if they were rabid or not? I didn't try them up. <laughs> but um, so we decided to go stake out the team hotel. We're going to catch them coming back from practice, right? The whole thing was George Pickens and 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 uh, and uh, JT Daniels. JT Daniels.
4: And looking Tyler.
2: back, looking back. You know, we we're talking about a backup quarterback and a receiver that was limited uh, rejoining the team, but it was. Pickens story. did have a
3: good highlight from that game, though, when he shoved that dude on his tail.
2: Yeah, he did. He did. Um, so, you know, long uh, shortening up a long story, we ended up staking out for a while, and or on the way to stake out the hotel, we stopped where the practice site was going to be, and uh, I got out of the car and just kind of walked parallel down the road, across the street, looked through, and. I'm sitting there looking through the fence, watching practice for a couple minutes, and all of a sudden the security guard sticks his head out, and I kind of see him looking around the corner. I'm like, "Oh man, this is a problem." So I I'm about to get booted off. from the Orange Bowl. Yeah, I'm about to get get my credential yanked. And he ducked back inside, I think, to get somebody else. And you know, I, I, I when I tell my kids about this one day, I'm going to tell them I hood slid like Bo Duke. You know, mm-hmm. I, just, I tell them I just slid across the hood. Uh, but I didn't really do that, and uh, we got back in the car, myself, Palmer, Seth Emerson, Anthony Dasher, and uh, we rode on up to uh, to the team hotel and staked it out for a little while, found out the team wasn't coming until later, and we ended up finding out that George Pickens and J.T. Daniels came in on a private uh, flight uh, that Thank afternoon, you. that evening, because George Pickens revealed it on his Instagram. Uh, otherwise, so let's not we would forget have never your
4: knotted. iguana chase, though.
2: Yeah. Whatever, that's that's, that's uh, child's play. I didn't catch the iguana, it doesn't matter.
5: I thought you were talking about the guy getting kicked off the sideline at Notre Dame. But. Yeah, well. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, uh, I can't, you can't speak those words.
3: <laughs> so, I, I don't think people realize this, but reporters and people with credentials and badges, the, their greatest rivals at any given game isn't necessarily, you know, the, the other team that they don't cover or that team's uh, press – core their beat reporters it's not like anchorman where it's like no. the channel 4 news team and boy that would be brandish, fun. or some weapons it depends maybe with some of the reporters but i the would greatest,
2: love you karate chop brandon adams in the neck the the, <laughs> the
3: greatest rival is the security team i love that guy because they don't know we that you have, have that. a job to do and they're and they have a job to do too and they'll remind you but that's our greatest rival at any of these things because if you move the wrong direction there's no nuance. There's no like, hey man, I'm not I'm not out here trying to sneak on the field. But I'm wondering how long it's gonna take until you see that sports center highlight where some guy's running out on the field getting chased by security and it's Jake Rowe. It's not some hooligan from the stands, it's like a, a reporter trying to get the scoop that he's not supposed to be on the field for.
2: We had a situation like that at the SEC championship game, didn't we? Mm. Similar. I think one of us had to kind of get down and be somewhere we weren't supposed to be. Mm, down I don't net,
5: know. You can't see what net guy is doing. I
2: think it was Jake Roos.
3: Jake Roos was in the net. He was in the barrel. Yeah. He was high. Uh, Jake Roos has joined the chat. Welcome. Welcome in. Sliding in like Chris Collinsworth here. I've been asked uh, by, I have one family member. I'm not going to reveal his identity. Every time I see him at a gathering, he's asking me about the transfer portal. So, Let's just go ahead and nip this in the bud. Is Georgia looking for any running back additions in the transfer portal from any schools at all? Or do y'all feel like the class is done until Deuce Robinson announces in February?
2: No, I think there's some communication with with uh, Marshawn Lloyd. I wouldn't say that Georgia is uh, – I wouldn't say that they're like – ahead of anybody or pushing extremely hard but i think there's a there's a chance there i don't think it's a great one but i think there's a chance there and i think georgia will eventually uh, look into the transfer portal for a running back if it needs to we don't know what the numbers are going to say you know i mean kendall milton could come back uh for his senior year Dejon edwards could come back for his senior year you got branson robinson andrew paul signed Roderick robinson um, maybe they go out and get another robinson running back just meet the robinsons we just do a whole mm-hmm. running back thing just a great one. But I, I mean, I think that they probably will, and I think they'll go after. I think they'll go after a five technique defensive end type. You know, I think if if uh, you know, let just I, I, I'm just throwing out a couple names here because these guys fit it. And they, they, there's one team, Texas a that's kind of loaded with them. They've got Shamar Stewart, they've got LT Overton, they've got another kid, Shamar something else. Roost, I can't remember his name, but Georgia recruited him as well. Um uh, but they've got him, and so they've got three guys right there. I think that play kind of edge defensive end. If one of those guys Turner, were to enter the portal, I think Georgia would go after him. Shamar Turner, Shamar Turner.
5: Yeah, uh, just so just so you're aware, if you try to search the twelfth uh, man uh, yeah. football roster for Texas A&M, that's not currently available, and I can understand why. There are a lot of moving pieces over there. Oh yeah, College that's a
3: five hundred three error message. <laughs>
2: You have reached the end of the internet.
3: We don't have one of those. No, <laughs> Check back I, later.
5: I think with the transfer portal, George's uh, position is they're going to continue to recruit. Like, like Rose said, you know, if there were a quarterback they felt like could help them, maybe they look that way. Um, uh, a five technique I think would definitely be a welcomed addition. Um, I, I know Jake put something on Twitter or, or maybe on the board about the guy coming from uh, Wake Forest. Um, Rondell, his, his, I
2: can't remember his last his name. Rondell. Rondell.
5: Um you know the the reality is they're going to keep this all rolling. Um, you know, uh, somebody asked about smoke, um, smoke buoy. Yeah, still, still definitely a consideration. So they're not turning anything off. Uh, as far as the uh, transfer portal is concerned, if they feel like they can add a guy who's going to help them, I think they'll continue to do that in twenty twenty three. Deuce Robinson, probably the name that people need to be most focused on, because that's probably the clearest cut guy that they're after. But beyond that, yeah, I, I still think the potential exists to get somebody else.
2: I, I want to point something else out too. One of the best defensive linemen, most successful defensive lineman in Georgia history, was not a was not even on the radar at this point in his recruiting cycle, and that was Geno Atkins. I remember back in the day when Geno Atkins kind of burst on into the scene, I believe mid-January. And St. Thomas Aquinas, football powerhouse, I think Gino was around, you know, he's ended up listed as like 6'3", but he's like six foot and a half. And I think folks just, his senior tape got out and he was like, they were like, oh my God. And, you know, lo and behold, he becomes, you know, goes on to become like a 10-year pro bowler. Um, had a tremendous career at Georgia, was an all-SEC performer. You know, there, there are guys that, that, that explode late in class. Lab McConkey did it well, in his it,
5: class. Exactly. I mean, it's, and it's even probably more prevalent now than it was then because the basically everybody's pushing reset and everybody's going back to, you know, senior tapes they were considering, you know, guys that were on boards before. You know, there's a whole nother recruiting cycle that just began at the end of last Friday for 2023 guys, high school guys. So definitely don't write anything
2: off. By the way, a mysterious disappearance in the recruiting world, kids with grade issues. Never <laughs> see that <laughs> anymore. Yeah.
5: Boy, you don't really hear about that a lot these days. Yeah,
2: you? you don't hear about you know, old old Johnny boy oh, got uh, needs a B and B and you know algebra three to make this I think this it's thing. that
3: I think it's that new uh that new math that all the parents that I talk to really love that's just got these kids on track and they don't have any other issues. It just clicks. Um, gotta be it, Um, guys. Let's uh take a quick break in the action to shout out our guys at Breaking Tea. And you know, we're going into a really critical stretch for Georgia, and you don't want to be the person that is still wearing that old t shirt that you've been wearing to every single tailgate, every single watch party. Get you something that's a little bit fresher that'll make people stop and say, Oh. Where'd you get that? You can say, well, I was watching Georgia show, Dogs HQ, and they told me about this cool site, Breaking Tea. Here's a link. Check it out. And you can get a shirt with the mailman on it. A lot of them, actually. Brock Bowers, he's still around for another year. Darnell Washington, probably not, but you can always wear them. Same with Christopher Smith. So check out the link in this show's episode description. Get yourself a Breaking Tea."
0: Learn more at marines.com.
3: Let's take a look at Ohio State, guys. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, I think the rest of the week we'll be focusing a lot on what we hear from Georgia. Uh, Y'all have had an opportunity to hear from Ryan Day now and hear from Ohio State's offensive coordinator. From the flip side of things, what's the vibe you're getting from the Buckeyes and how you think they're going to attack Georgia, the mentality they're entering this game with? Palmer, that's me. Palmer, oh, yeah, wake up, man.
5: You're the one under, the, one under the Ohio State uh, logo, so you might. Yeah, you're that.
2: Ohio State reporter, loaded, man.
4: Loaded Ohio State fan, Palmer Tom.
5: Ohio
2: <laughs> State expert, Palmer Toms. Yeah,
4: that that's that's my title. Um, I mean, I think if you're you have to attack them with your wide receivers. You have to attack. I mean, if there's one weakness of this Georgia defense. it's not the run defense, it's not that front seven, it's not Jalen Carter, it's in the secondary. And I don't know that it's a weakness, it's more a vulnerability. Um, You know, that's where Georgia has shown that they could be susceptible to being beat, and that's where Ohio State has made its money all year long. I mean, you've got a rotation of running backs that haven't been able to stay healthy, you know, if you're Ohio State. Um, You know, how can you rely on any of those guys? I think that they're good, but I think that they're going to try, you know, we were, we were talking with Spencer Holbrook, um, you know, from, from Letterman row earlier today. And we were talking about how trying to run to set up the pass against Georgia run to set up anything uh, for success is not a plan for success. Well, that's not Ohio state's plan. They're going to try to hit you with the pass and CJ, CJ Stroud, um, you know, Emeka Ibuka, uh, Marvin Harrison, Julian Fleming, all those guys. Cade uh, Cade Stover, who we heard from tight end. Um, you know, the, all those serious
2: guys. cat. By the way, Cade Stover, very serious yeah. cat. Oh yeah. boy,
3: yeah. Um, he was getting beat I, that, up in our comment section.
2: <laughs> no,
4: no way, was really. He? Yeah, was he? I, I hadn't seen it. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, I mean, they're that's, saying that's, that
2: he looks scared. He sounded it he sounded scary. like Lane. I don't know if you guys remember when Lane Kiffin got got hired as the Raiders head coach. Yeah. And he was he was talking almost angry, robotically. Like uh, he he said something about we will practice so Brent, hard. drink Key. That. Huh? <laughs> Key. Yeah. Key. We will pra- Yeah, just like that. It was like you know we will practice so hard that the games will be easy. <laughs> and it was like kind of in that like, you know, I, it was really weird. And that's Cade Stover came across that. Oh, way. I was Listen, thinking I about know, Tommy I mean, Maybe Tommy Eichenberg. Yeah. Is the guy
3: that everyone said looks scared. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cade Stover looks like uh he's he, would, up. he would slap your mom.
2: He's got yeah, he's got a, he's got some some right arm tattooage there. Yeah, he does look like he'd kind of just walk through the party and just like back end all of the moms and dads, you know, just just tear them all up. But he, uh, that was a serious cat, dude. He had me worried a little bit. Georgia may be in trouble if that cat's got anything to do with it. That,
5: that, that, he looks like he can crush some Bud Light.
3: Look, Look at him, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is like if Justin Timberlake grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs>
2: he and actually over over <laughs> under two and a half people, he has head butted and knocked unconscious. I oh my gosh,
5: misdemeanors! But he's <laughs> won every
3: bar fight he's ever been in. <laughs> Yeah, so Georgia needs to watch out for Cade Stover. That's what we. What we oh want. God,
2: he turned his head right as you were talking about it. it kind of freaked me out. <laughs> he, just look,
3: he can hear me. He can hear us. He can up, look and hear us talking about him. Uh, <laughs> Caleb hurt you, says Chris Smith is going to light up Stover. So
5: Stover, hey, Chris, Chris Smith's going to be integral in this game. There's no question about it. And and you got to feel good about that, right? I mean, some some senior leadership back there. A guy who's uh, been around this program, heart and soul of the defense. Uh, you're in a good position in a passing game to have him back there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> These comments are elite tonight. Doing do side know. by side Dude. with with Cade and Darnell. Dude looks like a tic tac. <laughs>
2: yeah, you do But you don't want to mess with Cade. You don't want to mess with Cade too much. You'll have to deal with Uncle Russell. So,
3: um, when we look at the flip side of things, you look at Georgia's offense.
5: Russell Stover.
3: <laughs> you you guys want to uh find every stat when I say you guys I mean Ohio State people want to find every stat uh that justifies Ohio State's defense and props them up but Jake you've been calling these guys out even since before I think we knew Georgia was going to play Ohio State do you still feel like a lot of these stats they have defensively specifically their past defense I think is in is in for a long day against Georgia. Maybe Georgia's defense is in for a long day against Ohio State. Uh, I don't think the ball, Ohio but... State's
2: that good. I don't think they're very good on defense. I think they've kind of beefed up their numbers this year against really bad offenses. Guys, I mean, they, they've they played four of the worst offenses in college football this year. Not one or two, four. And I think they've played over half of their schedule was ranked outside of the top 80 or 90 in in, t- in yards per play this year nationally. I mean, it's – but at the same time i think i think here's what you got to consider and and it's so simplistic and and there's just no way of really having a, a bearing on it is is georgia just got to play well and 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 that's it's so important i think to georgia because it's a, it, there's it's a zero variable type situation Because I mean, if Georgia goes out, Georgia plays its best game, it just doesn't, nothing else matters. Not not one other thing that anybody else does matters. But you can't predict that. And and you know, when you're talking about Ohio State or Michigan, if you're not that top dog, if you're not that team that's like, hey, my A plus game is gonna take over anybody else's A plus game, then if you're not that team, then then all of a sudden it doesn't, it's not as much of a talking point anymore. And you kind of get you kind of get into this situation where they need this to go right, or they have to do this, or they have to accomplish this. This many rushing yards, and some more variables come into play. And George just has that one lane of George's best, and it mm-hmm. leads directly to another trophy and celebration Saturday in Sanford Stadium. But you don't know if you're going to get that. You you did at a very high clip. You have it a very high clip over the last two years. But will we see it on Saturday?
5: I'm curious, I'm curious, uh, Roe, and I, don't, I mean, you specifically, but I'm putting this out to the group. I feel like Georgia has played its best against the, the teams it was supposed to.
1: Yeah. I, that, that yes. Georgia
5: has played to its level of confidence in a very strong way this year. It, and, you know, so that's come back to bite them in years past. But in this instance, you know, Georgia, the, the teams that were supposed to give them trouble, right? Tennessee was supposed to be this nail biting game, everybody wringing their hands. And they came out and and I mean basically just stifle that dynamic offense under Hinton Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and, and Josh Heifel, everything they could have thrown at him. I feel like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that's I feel You're like Dumb that, and
3: Dumbered them right there.
5: That's I feel like that has to give people a, a, I would say a glimmer of hope. And I think that that's probably one of the best things that you have going for you going into this game if you are Georgia, is that in the big moments they've risen and in the lesser moments maybe they've played down a little bit.
3: Well, we heard a little bit of the team's mentality from Kieras Jackson and I encourage you all to go watch that when you're done watching us flap our gums here and share our thoughts on the game. But uh, really the quote of this uh, down period since the SEC championship for me was Kieras saying that Georgia's worked harder – between this year's SEC championship and the postseason than it did last year and anyone who's heard from any of Georgia's players about that period last year you know they indicated it was in some instances harder than fall camp because they just bolted back down on conditioning and they worked harder because of that loss to Bama. Georgia really has worked harder and they get as much out of it then, yeah, no one no one really stands a chance against them in this postseason.
2: E-word, man, execution. Georgia takes care of the football and executes. It's, it's a really good team. And the one thing I do keep going back to, and, and it's just a tough question to answer, is, all right, if Ohio State is such a tough matchup for a team like Georgia, and I'm not saying they're not. I, I think they match up just as well as anybody could. Why do they struggle with Michigan? Why is why is Michigan kind of you know getting to them a little bit? Because um, Georgia, I think a lot of people would say that Georgia's kind of maybe a rung higher on that same you know uh, you know roster composition and style ladder. Yeah, they say Michigan is Georgia light. Yeah, I mean I've said that. Um, you know, I try not to be super. You know, try not to come across disrespectful. I don't want like you know Jim Harbaugh to be scrolling through some. You know, YouTube and these two teams end up in the, you know, whatever, and I gotta <laughs> confront this dude in LA or something. Me and Jim Harbaugh gotta go at it. Jim Harbaugh uh, doesn't do Twitter, buddy. What's that?
5: He doesn't do Twitter. He's he's drinking, he's too busy drinking milk. He's drinking yeah. milk dude, and listen, watching I'm actual woody
3: It's a nervous animal. I think Jim Harbaugh <laughs> still uses an overhead projector, like in uh, class when you'd slide the laminated thing on there and write on it with like a a vis V. I think that's how he still breaks down film. We've totally looks, lost Palmer now. Make
2: a mistake. looks his thumb. Push it on there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry guys. Sorry guys. That's supposed to be a. That's supposed to be a nine route.
5: <laughs> of the teams, though, I feel I do feel like Ohio State was probably the toughest draw,
3: personally.
2: Well, yeah, one hundred percent. And it's a wounded team. You know, it's a wounded team. That that's important too. But I just think Georgia. If 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 Michigan if Michigan matches up so well. How, how the hell does Georgia not match up very well? You know, how, where are we going there? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I said it last show, and, I, and I'll continue to say it up until game time. If Jim Knowles felt like – did Jim Knowles feel like he had to load the box against Michigan and, and, and put his secondary at risk because that's what he had to do to stop the run? Or did he just think it wouldn't hurt him? Because one way or the other, I feel like it's probably – it's just a problem. It's just you know either you've got a guy who had a bad game plan, which I guess that happens, and maybe you don't have a second bad game plan, or you had a guy that really felt like he knew his personnel and knew that it couldn't handle the onslaught of Michigan's run game, even without Blake Corum, and and he put his he put his secondary in a bind and you know gave up a ton of big plays and yeah. yardage um, to a team that's not built to to put those on you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess the devil's advocate view is you could you could say the same thing about Georgia last year. You know, how could Georgia possibly come out of that Alabama game and you know maybe not get past Michigan, but have a chance to win? Oh, the there was plenty, too, there yeah. was plenty of that
2: too, Wes. There was plenty of that too.
3: I I just don't know that. Uh, <laughs> I know for a matter for a fact. I mean, Ohio State hasn't seen Darnell Washington, hasn't seen Brock Bowers. Um, If you can't stop Michigan's running game, Georgia doesn't really start out running it down your throat. But by the third and fourth quarter, when they're up 10, 13, 17 points, it turns into 28, 30 points really quick. So it does just, it seems like a really tough matchup when you look at Georgia's offense against Ohio State's defense.
5: Yeah, and Ohio State, I think the best bet that they have, right, is to try to score, score first score often, and score fast. If they, they Their best bet is to just run this thing up as fast as they can because I don't think they want to get into a game of ball control. Uh, George is going to take the edge there every time. Like Rose said, I don't think much of the Ohio State defense – I mean, there's some good players over there, certainly, but there have been instances where they've been exposed. I don't think it's a, a situation where – like I said – to me, the explosive offense is what Ohio State has to rely on, and Georgia has a defense that can nullify, and if not nullify, at least offset to some degree.
4: Bruce, what a missed opportunity there. Why not first, frequently, fast, go with the all the Fs?
5: Triple F. Alliteration. Not only the alliteration to you, even though I'm the former English teacher. Former
3: English teacher. Uh, last thing I want to get on before we do our dog stalks and wrap up. Uh, there's a lot more. This came from – the rest of the week and on our YouTube channel. Um, Jake Roos, Jake Rowe, sorry. Dang, back-to-back no, shows I've done no, this. No, never mind. Okay, back-to-back. No. It's because I listened to Buck Baloo today. You could say
5: less handsome, Jake, that would work.
3: Jake Rowe, explain <laughs> to us like we're five.
2: More bold. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> explain to us like we're five how Ohio State's offense is different from Tennessee's that's the comparison that I think a lot of just uh normal easygoing observers of the sport want to want to make because these offenses are so high flying and elite but what sets them apart from a Georgia defensive game plan standpoint
2: um you know I think that you know T- Tennessee's offense is predicated on space um uh play action, they want to make you declare uh, whether you're, you know, whether you're covering or whether you're defending the run. And they do that with those super wide splits. And then they, they pop runs, use play action to take shots, and they use pace to do that. Well, Ohio State's going to slow it down a little bit more. They use pace as a tool, not as an overarching philosophy. That's part of it. And also, they're just more multiple But I think they've got some of the Tennessee elements in their offense. You know, Chip Kelly, uh, you know, that whole um, that whole let's get people out of the box and then hit people with quick hitting runs, that's something I don't know that they'll try against Georgia, but that's something they kind of, you know, lean on. Um, Ohio State does like to run the football. I mean, they if they didn't – if that run game didn't kick in with Mayan Williams, who should be healthy for this game – they they have a trouble. They have a lot of trouble in that. Uh, in that uh, Notre Dame has to have a trouble. They have a lot of trouble in that Notre Dame game. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, there are some similarities just in terms of kind of what they want to do to you. They just go about it in different ways. And, um, you know, Georgia. You know, Glenn Schumann had a really good comment on this today too. He talked about defending different quarterbacks. He's like, listen, man, we don't defend Hen and Hooker the same way that we defend. Uh, I can't remember who he said. Uh, Bo Nix. What, what What did he say? Bo,
4: Nicks. Bo Nicks.
2: Bo Nix, right? You know, and they don't defend Spencer Rattler the same way they defend Will Levis. And if you look, it took me a minute, right? If you throw those four in there, and you start talking about Will Rogers, who was the SEC's leading passer, um, and and you you know you look at some other guys. I mean, Georgia faced some pretty good quarterbacks this year, and it fared really well against them. Uh, you know, CJ Stroud may be the best that they'll have a ch- have had a chance to face, but. Um, I think they'll come in there with a good plan and a, and a you know a, a a an opportunity to you know just really add to the resume and and for this defense to kind of have an opportunity to to put itself up there with last year's defense and I think Georgia has a chance to do that against Ohio State. I don't see this offense as completely unstoppable. I don't think this is necessarily a high scoring game.
4: One thing I'll add, just having watched both Tennessee and uh, because during for over. Uh, the time since the Heisman watched the Tennessee-Georgia game and the Ohio State-Michigan game back-to-back because I I did want to go look at those two offenses because, like you said, it's it's the two that we've seen compared the most. And to me, and I could be wrong in this, but to me it felt like the way that Tennessee attacks you is you saw vertical routes. You saw them getting downfield in a hurry, um, you know, uh, Jalen Hyatt running past guys Cedric Tillman running past guys You don't necessarily see that As much with Marvin Harrison And Emeka Igbuka You see more of a developed Fuller route tree in my opinion I mean I, the, the contested catches that Marvin Harrison Makes, that's what separates him It's not straight line speed It's not, you know his ability It's whatever to you throw, throw at past guys. Exactly, he catches whatever you throw at him Um, you know, he doesn't have to be wide open like a Jalen Hyatt does. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of
0: the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
5: Uh, I want to touch on uh, this question that we got here. I really want Ro to touch on it, to be honest with you. Zane O'Brien asked, uh, how confident are you guys in our DBs with uh, uh, Ohio State's wide receivers? Will the deep ball be an issue? And I feel like a lot of people, this goes back to something that I've seen Jake debate with a lot of people on Twitter, I feel like a lot of people are a little bit nervous about Keeley Ringo, um, and I think that's undeservedly so, uh, given the game breakdowns that Jake's done and, and what we've seen. Um, but I, I am curious uh, on your thoughts on that. Bro.
2: I mean, I, I don't think Ohio State. Uh, and I and I was talking to um, you know Spencer from over at Eleven Warriors, our Ohio State guy over there today. Let I him think. In row. Letterman him row. Sorry, not eleven warriors. Jesus Christ! I probably just, just probably. Yeah,
3: broke. we're we're on their blacklist now. Oh, I broke Lord. now we're,
2: we're getting an email tomorrow.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna get fired. It's live. It's live. YouTube, man. Is this,
2: this stuff happens when we go live? I'm All gonna right. get canned. All right, so, um, looking at their receiving core, I look at last year's team. You know, tough matchup for Georgia. Last year's team, I, I completely believe that. I mean, because. I feel like Ohio State – there's a reason Garrett – there's a reason that Jamison Williams transferred from Ohio State to Alabama because Ohio State had like three Jamison Williams. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Those guys were take the top off the defense, run right by you, make you look slow type players. Um, Emeka Ibuka and, and Marvin Harrison are, are really, really dangerous in their own right. Really, really good looking. Uh, sorry, that was little Derek Zoolander. Uh, they they were really really good players. Ridiculously, yeah, ridiculously good looking. They are they're they're good players, but they're contested catch guys. They're I wouldn't call them possession guys because they they do stretch the field. They do get downfield, and in some ways, they're more dangerous because you can get draped all over them, and they're still going to catch the ball. Um, but but they're not the kind of guys I don't think. That are just going to fly right by the defensive backs and, and make big plays. George is going to run some man under two and have Malachi Starks and Chris Smith at the top. And listen, you go back to that Tennessee game. I'm sorry, to LSU game. I know folks were like blaming it all on Keeley Ringo. Guys, Malachi Starks had a freshman game that game. He gave up at, at the very least 250 yards receiving. And that's just what happened to him. It was not on Keely Ringo, who was in trail technique, most all of those plays. Um, can he play better? Yeah. I think the entire Georgia defense can play better. I thought Georgia's defense kind of, um, you know, had some lapses. Glenn Schumann talked about that today. It's never just one thing when you play a, a half a football that bad. I thought it was interesting how he made it sound like it was almost embarrassing. Like you'd never tell his kids about it. Um, that, that might be a good thing for Georgia fans because, you know, if, if he's that frustrated by it, they've probably had it hammered home. Um, but, uh, You know, I feel like Georgia's pretty focused, and, and, you know, they they know what's at stake. They know what it takes to kind of win this time of year. And, um, you know, I think that the defense will be a lot more sound in terms of assignment.
5: I feel like Palmer just ate a handful of vitamins. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't. Know. Oh, Snyder's Pretzels, wonderful, wonderful. He's got an NIL deal with a core. Snyder's isn't
2: paying us a red cent to be on this show. I want a, uh, I, I want a um, uh, NIL deal with Gordon's Fish Sticks. I've been tearing them up. Hey, and this, this is in there too. Rose going to be doing.
5: Rose going to be doing the show in a, a, a yellow jacket next yeah. week. With the min- yeah, no the No slicker.
1: No <laughs> question. Don't
5: yeah. get
2: the minced. Don't get the mints to get the actual, you know, fillets.
3: His <laughs> oh, wife's going to be standing off screen with a bucket of water. And she's going to splash <laughs> him like a tidal wave.
5: Yeah. He's, got, he's, got a big fan. he's got a box fan in the other yeah. the other way. <laughs> it's
2: it's different, get it. some different dipping sauces going on, a little malt vinegar. Oh, gosh. Fashion <laughs> chips.
3: All right, let's do some dog stocks. I'll say uh, stock up on – Fish sticks. That's you. <laughs> you. You got the fish sticks covered. I'm going to say stock up on the Peach Bowl and Georgia being right up the road. Um, I think that the uh, ability for Georgia to get one practice in on Monday of this week in Athens, I know it's a little thing, but Kirby Smart's a details guy, and I think it probably flipped somewhat of a switch. Like, this is a game week. Y'all have already been doing this all year. Let's start the practice week here in Athens, then take the bus to Atlanta. Uh, and just make this feel like as normal of a week as possible at the start of of the week anyway, because there's a lot of bowl week. You can call them distractions, um, but they're traditions that you got to do too. So I like that. I like that little detail, I like that little nugget that helps Georgia kind of get locked in to uh, playing just another game, even though it's a college football playoff game.
2: Clashing styles here, Wes. Hold on. You brought up something that's very important. Clashing styles here. So, something I noticed today, and it just reminded me, Kevin Wilson's talking about Ohio State's game plan today, right? And he's talking about we, uh, we've gone through one time. We've, got, we've probably gone through a second time. We're about to go through it a third time, our game plan for Georgia. It got me thinking because Georgia is adamant about not doing it that way. Kirby Smart is adamant about not preparing for the team. They'll get a little bit of a head start during the bye week for Florida start maybe like thursday maybe you know a little bit late in wednesday's practice or something but very slowly work their way into it the over preparing for an opponent and i think he was asked about it last year the year before and he talked about how kids get bored with the game plan and they get bored doing the same thing over and over again and it he finds that it kind of zaps energy a little bit contrasting styles here You know, evidently Ohio State has put in the game plan a while back and the players are about to get their third rendition of it, whereas Georgia is like, hey, we'll keep things as normal as possible, maybe take a little bit of extra time out for a little extra prep, but as normal as possible, creature of habit. I'm interested to see kind of what we see there. Does does one team look a little bit more prepared? Does one team look a little bit more – you know, Juicers one team a little over-prepared and a little bit paralysis by analysis. I don't know. But I I just thought that those are two very different philosophies on how to go, you know, about the extra time to prepare. Yeah, that's big. Which
4: is interesting because every time we've heard from Ryan Day, he's talked about there's three phases to their prep. And um, one of them was a fundamental phase. I can't remember what the second one was. I got it. And then the last one – was like the game week phase, um, and so I guess maybe there. Somebody's
3: were- lying. It was it was fundamental well, guess, phase, and they- game plan phase, go down there and beat the bulldogs phase.
2: I swear to God, some one of these days I want to do this show, and I, I just want to try to make Jake Bruce laugh the whole yeah, time. Well,
5: you're doing a great job. Wait, was that your stock though? I don't know, you that? No,
2: no, no, I was just uh, commenting on Wes's stock.
5: All right, I'm going to do my stock now, and I'm going to say stock down on my concern with georgia uh winning over ohio state i think wow they, i feel confident in that i'll be honest with you i think that they're they're in a good position and the real thing that's driven me to that not only through watching and seeing and feeling it out thinking through the whole matchup but my dad a huge ohio state fan, He's from cleveland ohio
3: oh we should have we should have had him on well, Chuck.
5: i'm at his i am at his house so uh, but, um, but spending time with him and, and a lot of my family members, big Ohio State fans, a lot of Ohio people, and they're all very confident that Ohio State can beat Georgia, they're not very confident that Ohio State will beat Georgia, and I think that, like I said, you know, I've, I've kind of thought through a lot of the scenarios along the way, and I convinced myself that yes, you know, Georgia should be in a good position, to hear it from the other side, though, and to hear it from people who, who kept up with that team and watched it consistently, I, I think that, I, yeah, that, that makes me feel a little bit better about it. So I'm going to say
3: stock down on my word. There you go. Palmer, stock up on uh, pretzels? <laughs>
4: yes. Yes. Stock, stock up on, on, the, on the media hospitality suite and, and Chick-fil-A and <laughs> – uh, the taco bar today. I, I had
2: about fourteen chicken minis this morning.
5: Stocked yeah. down also on uh, Atlanta Airport the uh, water main broke and uh, oh. the, the chicken. They didn't
3: drip crazy. their faucets.
0: The, they the was closed. They didn't cover <laughs> up their faucet
5: <laughs> in the Delta Sky Club. They did not drip their faucets. Like oh man,
2: Jake. Yeah, bro. Fix- like- Georgia wins this game. They need to have that fixed by Jan five. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Um, I'm going to go stock up on the Peach Bowl um, for the extracurricular activities. Obviously, um, football is important this week. Uh, Kirby has talked about how, you you know, Wes, you mentioned the bowl traditions and everything that goes on around the game. Um, You know, I I think that if you look at what the Peach Bowl has done, uh, they've got a really interesting setup, and, and you've got some unique things that you can do in Atlanta you can host events at the college football hall of fame which is perfect for the bowl game and, and perfect for this college football playoff stage um you know they, they had a trivia night last night and, and as you can see on your screen now um you know for those watching on YouTube they, they went to the hospital the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta uh they went and visited one of the hospitals and so you know stock up on uh Kirby and the team obviously partaking in, in the events um, would be a bad look if they didn't. But I, I think it is important um, for them. <laughs> I think it's important for them to.
3: We're going to sit this one out.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that would not be a good look. That would be oh. big stock down, big stock down. Uh, but, but stock up for them being able to escape the the focus on football for a little while to, to see some things that are bigger more important to football, um, you know, and and as the player said, it's it offers them a bonding opportunity, um, you know, time to spend with their teammates, not in, in the locker room, not on the football field. Uh, they get to do some really cool things, and I think that's an important part of the bowl process that often gets overlooked when, you know, people just focus on opt-outs and and the football side of things. On me unit had me laughed over
5: there uh, with its uh, state power rankings as well. Ohio's, Ohio is the most depressing state in the union, maybe Indiana, but Ohio number two. Let me tell you something, buddy.
2: Let me tell you something, dude. The stuff, <laughs> the stuff that was written about Cleveland, Ohio, when LeBron James left for Miami is some of the funniest things you will ever read on the internet. Um, I can still think about it, and it makes me – I don't even know. I, I have a hard time holding it together. It's so funny. Um, Um, I'm going going to stock up on family. I got a good one, all right? Got the best one. There he is. No offense to anybody else. But I'm saying it because Jamon Dumas Johnson had a term today that I loved, and I had to write a story about it. He called – he said Georgia's defense plays family ball. And what he meant by that was they don't care about stats. They don't care about – um, you know, who's got more sacks or tackles for a loss? They play together. They play for each other. That's all well and good, and that's beautiful, and that's touching. And I'm sure there are people that love Georgia football, and that makes the hair stand up on your arm, okay? But I got a chance to talk to Will Muschamp about it, and I said, hey, what, is, what does family ball mean to you? And I thought this was what was more important. Will Muschamp said we coach them hard, and they take that coaching. And you don't do that unless you've got that kind of connected family dynamic. And I tell you what, man, I keep going back to it, and, I, and I've said this before on this very on this very show, and it just it it, it really it I don't know it just keeps sticking with me. And it, it's, it's how I look at this team. I remember Georgia the first time Kirby's talked about connection in the skull sessions. And I was like, oh no, here we go. This is the, this, it's not a gimmick, but it's another kind of off season thing. The bumper sticker t shirt moment. Yeah, right. Um, dang, man, it's worked. It has worked. I mean, I think that, I honestly, I believe, um, I, don't, I don't know if Kirby can keep it going for two, three, four, five. Georgia's season has been a massive success thus far. Incredible, incredible national title defense. I think they're going to win it all again. Okay. But I, I don't think it's a given. I don't think it's none of this, you know, Ohio State's not any good, and George's just gonna run away with it. Um, but I think I expect it to it. be a close game, but and I'm with you, Jake. An, I
3: expect him to win it all.
2: And I think no matter what, it's been an incredible defense thus far. And I think connections behind it. And if Kirby can keep it going for three, four, five more years, that's incredible. But that's been the driving force, and Will Muschamp kind of drove home to me. Kind of the connected connection aspect between players and coaches, there and the whole family thing. In that, listen, if you're going to go after them and you're going to rip them like Kirby Smart was ripping Keely Ringo in that leaked video from Tennessee fans, <laughs> they better know you love them because if they don't, you'll lose them. George has done a good job of keeping them around. George got done a really good job of making those getting those guys to play at a high level, and uh, there's no reason to expect that to stop now.
3: Yep. Cheers uh, to family. Oh, Okay, family. Well, Palmer, I need to see an ID.
5: Well, Palmer's, Palmer's just got every endorsement deal possible. Just trying. he's just anybody who'll have it. He wants it. No
2: money to show for it, though.
3: <laughs> he's just he's just hoarding it all for himself. Just sitting on it like a good like dragon. He's about to go to the cheetah Smog. club, and make it rain.
5: Smog. I, I miss. I do. I do miss uh, uh, the cheetah club. No, I mean, no. I miss. Uh, Palmer's going to be
3: scooping up those ticket stubs. Get you in at the I discounted rate
5: Lundqvist saying smog. I'll be honest with you. What's, What's that? that? I miss Vern Lundquist saying smog when he had to do the uh read over for the uh the Lord of the Rings. The, the oh, yeah,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> big uh big Tolkien guy, <laughs> Vern Lundquist. And you know, Gary, <laughs> Frodo's journey represents. Mankind struggle with greed. Um, What's guys, Britney Spears uh, doing with her life? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, we got a cameo from uh, from Dog Nation. Palmer needs to that's hop up better. and fight
4: that's, Connor uh, that's, now. Uh, that's, that's how that's, that goes. No, nah, we won't fight Connor. Connor's Connor's being nice.
2: He's I'm bombing bad. BA's video after after the Heisman yeah. <laughs> game. It's official now. I'm bombing. Please, I ready. mean, I mean, you you did say you wanted to throat flash it. Yeah, I know. I did not say that. I said I want to karate chop him in his neck. <laughs> I don't want to cut that man's hair off. That man's got beautiful pipes. I love Brandon Adams.
3: Man, that that would be a sad, sad day if we the had to watch Rowe fight, a watch Jake fight BA. Um I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it for lose lose, right?
5: There. We might make dog nation daily this week. Well, whenever <laughs> whenever
3: Georgia's season ends, that's what we're gonna have to start doing. We're just gonna have to start fighting all of our rivals, yep. all of our competition. When, um, when March
4: Madness comes around, we'll just create a bracket of of who would win in a fight.
3: <laughs> I did ask on our board what people would want for Christmas other than a Georgia national championship. You weren't allowed to say that. And we did get one Georgia basketball makes March Madness. And that was hey, gonna be that was gonna be mine. So
4: they, uh, they they got a chance to for a quote unquote historic win. Uh, if they beat Ryder tomorrow night. Uh, is that like one
3: guy? They're just playing against Ryder.
2: Yeah. J.R. Uh, Ryder. He's a little past it, his prime. He can't dunk under beat, his leg anymore, but they're going after him tomorrow night.
4: If they beat Ryder They have 10 wins on the season, and they will be one of four teams in program history to have 10 wins before
3: January. Okay, there you go. Palmer sneaking some hoops in to the Peach Bowl show. Appreciate that. Appreciate y'all. We'll be back a couple times later this week. Just keep it locked into dogshq.com and the YouTube channel. Anytime a Georgia player or assistant speaks, it's going up on this YouTube channel. You can listen and read about uh, our reactions to what those guys had to say. Uh, We're doing this show on Tuesday night. So tomorrow we'll get to hear from Todd Munkin, the man himself, and a select group of Georgia offensive players too. So exciting stuff ahead. And then the big media day on Thursday, which is just a free-for-all. It's not quite as crazy as the Super Bowl, but uh, it is as exciting, I think, for – us because we get to talk to guys that we never ever have permission to talk to so
4: Who, who's the guy y'all are most excited to talk to wes jake i know you both y'all will be there
3: uh Britt thawson
4: i think i think malachi starks will be
5: very interesting that's where i was gonna go
2: yeah. Roland yeah. go <laughs> why is that so I feel funny like i know him so well on already i just felt like I just yeah spit out a name yeah. that i don't know I, don't, I, I, I really want to talk to gunner stockton um as as uninteresting as i've known raven county kids to be at times uh mm. charlie warner back in the day oh, uh boy. charlie was but i tell you what charlie got really good at media by the time he was done he, when they when they made him put on a shirt to talk to us <laughs> um and that was I've never,
5: I've never i've never Felt closer to a a kid in high school hitting me than I did when I was uh, interviewing Charlie Warner. Charlie Warner did not want
2: that recruiting smoke, dude. It was two and a half minutes
5: of the longest uh, of my life. No question about it. It was it was horrible.
3: It was he was uh, on incognito mode his entire college career. Uh, Uh, Gunner
2: Stockton, though, for me. I, I, I I would like to talk to Carson Beck as well. I like talking to quarterbacks. I like hearing kind of what they have to say. I think it goes back to. Um, God bless him it hadn't worked out for him but uh, Dewan Mathis um, I sat down with him after his first year at Georgia he had had that brain um, you know had that cyst removed and everything and man I spent five minutes with him and it was such a good time it was he had such good insight and such a good attitude I really hated that it didn't work out for him at Georgia but I really kind of developed a love and respect for that kid just on how he kind of handled some questions there and Um, you know, I I always since then, I maybe I think I just like talking to quarterbacks and and finding out kind of the pressures and everything that they deal with because it's not easy.
3: We'll hear from all of them, and uh, you can listen to them all right here on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel. Appreciate y'all locking it in. Check out our premium subscription, still ten dollars a month right now, until Georgia kicks off its 2023 season potentially as defending. Back to back national champs. We shall see. Until the next time we talk, have a great evening. Peace.
2: Get Richard Dotron.
3: Okay.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book.